Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are three dads who love games, and today we will be breaking down recent gaming news over the last week. Please toss us a follow in your podcast app to ensure that you don't miss any of the fun, and you can also rate our show five stars and leave a written review to help us out. Plus, if you love what we do and want bonus content, aka two extra episodes every month, you can sign up on Patreon starting at five bucks a month over at MultiplayerSquad.com. I am your host, Paul, and joining me today, he is a future rock star with a robotic arm, fighting to the beat of the music of Nine Inch Nails and the Black Keys, it's Josh. Joke's on you, I have no <laughs> rhythm at all. <laughs> I, I really want to, in my brain, I think I do, and then every rhythm video game I have ever played proves otherwise. <laughs> Well, uh, the good news is that your main character, Josh, he's going to run to the rhythm no matter what, so you don't got to worry about it. All right, and also with me and Josh, he's been crawling around Redfall, writing the blood as many times as he can, using real blood, and at this point, I don't know where he's getting it from. It's Michael. (laughs) Right? Like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm empty. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we ever get to introduce you? I want to introduce you. I would introduce you as Hostradamus 100% of the time. <laughs> like, the host with the most. You see the future. It's like you write the episodes or something. Oh, there you go. Maybe every once in a while we can, yeah, share share the wealth, do uh, some reverse introductions. I, I'm all for it. All right. This was a great week for news, guys. I even told you when I started you know, browsing through news stories, there's so much to cover. We had some amazing games released this week. I, I tend to love to cover this kind of stuff the most on our Twig episodes for This Week in Gaming. We had the Dead Space remake release on the 27th to great reviews. It looks like EA might have done it for once. Somehow this game came out better than the Callisto Protocol. I don't know who had that bet placed in Vegas. We also had Hi-Fi Rush, which is like, I think now, the really big first surprise release. I know that we had Goose Goose Duck that we talked about, but Hi-Fi Rush really seems to be coming on strong. That game just came out on January 25th. Josh is the one who pinged us about this game and said, hey, this game's got 98% rating on Steam. Maybe we should check it out. So let's talk about Hi-Fi Rush for a little bit. This is a rhythm-oriented action game. Josh, I know you've been playing it nonstop for the last 24 hours. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? I Okay, number one, (laughs) when we did our 2023 Most Anticipated Games episode, we actually said, hey, there's going to be games that are going to release in 2023 that we know nothing about. 
you know, yep. Hades took the world by storm when Hades got released. Apex Legends came out of nowhere. There's been these games that just come out of nowhere and wind up being phenomenal video games. So the Xbox Bethesda Developer Direct Conference or Showcase or whatever you want to call it happened. And during that, they said, by the way, we are announcing Hi-Fi Rush. They explained the game. And then they said, oh, by the way, that game is now available today. And everybody <laughs> went, what? <laughs> like you're announcing a game and releasing a game on the same day. And I had heard about this. The name didn't grab me. But then lo and behold, I'm on Reddit. I see people talking Hi-Fi Rush. And then I keep seeing Hi-Fi Rush. And I'm a curious guy. So what is what is with this game, man? And I headed over to Steam because I wanted to see some gameplay. And the first thing I see is overwhelmingly positive rating out of like 2,000 plus reviews. And then I went, what, is this a hype train? Like what, what's going on here? <laughs> and that's when I pinged you guys and I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to check this game out. People were gushing over it. They were saying, dude, this game is so much fun. It came out of nowhere. Everybody needs to play it. I kind of went, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I started looking at it and I went, this game actually looks pretty neat. And then I picked it up and I started playing it. Cause I wanted to see is the hype warranted? Like, where's all this coming from? And I can tell you without a doubt, this game is super fun to play. Um, I saw an article on PC Gamer where they looked at it and they said this game came out of nowhere and they said this game is rad as hell. Uh, and I thought like, well, love man, it. that's interesting. <laughs> like that seems like a thing I want, you know? And so I picked it up. I have six hours into the game so far. This game is all it's worthy of all the hype in my opinion so far um it is a rhythm based game it is an action combat almost old school nintendo level exploration where you're constantly grabbing little gears and that's like a currency and, and they kind of point you in the right direction but what a refreshing game man yeah when you mentioned this in our discord um i i didn't even catch on to what the name of the game was i was like what's it called it's called hype train no it's on a hype train <laughs> right i don't understand um i checked it out uh just this morning actually i played about 45 minutes ish if that and right from the beginning i'm like this is catchy okay there's something there's something kind of special here like even the even the art style is just like it looks like you're watching a cartoon kind of like it reminded me of the art exact art that fox animation studios used to use like in uh what was that? Uh, Titan AE? Like, it looks just like oh, that. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, this looks mm -hmm. just like that. And holy cow, I found myself this morning after about 45 minutes, I probably texted a half dozen of my friends already saying, you have to, you have to check out this game. Like, it was all musician friends of mine because I'm like, my, I'm terrible at the game, by the way, so far. I have no concept <laughs> of beat, music, or anything. But there's just something about combining like an action fighting game with Beat Saber that's just, without having it be overly like poppy, because I'm not a big pop music fan, that just makes it... It's addictive. And I find myself sitting here dancing at my keyboard. Like I'm dancing along and trying to keep the beat to this game. Bouncing along. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally bouncing along trying to hit these things at the same time at the right time. But and also, I mean, at least now we 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 do know the answer to one timeless age-old question, and that is what Johnny Silverhands' favorite video game would have been. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, this is a really interesting one. I did not buy it, but I did watch about 20 minutes of footage because I just wanted to have a better sense of the game. And by the way, they are not a sponsor. We are not making a dime off this, but it does feel like the hype train is just now leaving the station. I think this game is going to keep growing and being a bigger, bigger hit. But 
it's really neat that everything is based on doing these abilities with the beat. The character, no matter when you stop and start running again, his foot stomps always match up with the beat of the song. You see your little health meter pulse with the music, and there's visual cues all over the map at all times that are going to exactly the beats per second or the beats per minute of the song. And the fact that it's like real licensed music. If this was all just over generic tracks, I don't know that it would be quite as popular. So I really love the fact that you're getting some big name bands, some big name songs. And maybe the weirdest thing is who developed this game. These are the guys who made The Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. Like who (laughs) saw them coming in strong with a rhythm game? It's so weird. I generally, I mean, I've played Rock Band. I, I've played Beat Saber. You know, I mean, I've played some of these rhythm games. I have no rhythm. Um, I can keep count fairly well. One, two, three, Rushing four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. The beauty of this game is because the rhythm aspect might turn people off. And when I first heard that, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really like rhythm games that much. But the beauty of Hi-Fi Rush is even if you don't have rhythm, you can still play the game. Doing things on rhythm just makes it more exciting. You know, the game rewards you with cheers and combo modifiers and things like that if you can keep, if you can fight to the rhythm. But if you want to just button mash and not hit a single note or, you know, a single beat, you can still do that and play the game just fine. Like maybe combat's going to be a little bit harder, but it's one of those things where it doesn't detract from the game, but it only enhances the game because when you are hitting your attacks on the beat or you're parrying to the beat and things like that, the game really rewards you for that with these kind of flashy animations or big combo numbers or, you know, a, a mega hit or something like that. The game's slows down and almost does the old comic look like bam on the screen yeah. and stuff. <laughs> um, the presentation on this game is just top notch, dude. I feel like I am playing a cartoon that is one of the most well-made, well-animated, well-colored cartoons in existence. And to play that is such a neat thing. The music in the game is great. It's got some really fun sequences like where they just mix things up, like maybe perspective changes. You're fighting a boss and instead of just, you know, attacking this boss like a combat game, now it's, you know, you're looking over your shoulder at the boss and you're dodging back and forth as the boss is like trying to hit you with certain things. It's just got a lot of those sequences where the game changes up the gameplay formula just a little bit, which I love. It keeps things fresh, keeps it interesting. I'm going to wind up playing this whole game. I'm six hours in. I can tell you right now, I'm going to wind up playing and beating this game, which is rare for me, but the hype is real. And so our job as a gaming podcast is to tell people, you know, hey, here's a game that maybe you've heard the name, you know, um, it just came out, but believe the hype because I wasn't sure about it. I dove in and I am full on that hype train. I would recommend this game to anybody right now. I don't think there's a world that doesn't exist where in about a week and a half when I'm crunching to finish Forspoken... I'm not going to sit there on like a Wednesday night being like, oh, hi-fi or Forspoken. I have to finish this other game because it's my job. But I I think I'm going to finish this game as well. 45 minutes in, I'm like, this is an addictive game. It's really fun. Well, and I was going to say, if you picked up Dead Space Remake and you need a palate cleanser before going to bed, (laughs) I think Hi-Fi Rush is a really good one to do that. Although maybe that's also a little too adrenaline pumping with the music. But do you guys think this is going to be like a new genre? Because we also had Metal Hellsinger, 
And so we're now seeing these games that are combining, whether it's shooter or action elements with rhythm. Maybe this is like the new fusion. Maybe we're going to get a couple more games like this. I sure hope so. I, I'm all for it. Pistol Whip is one of my favorite games in VR, and Pistol Whip is that exact formula. You are John Wick, but you're trying to shoot robots like to the beat uh, in the game. <laughs> and if you do, you get more modifiers and stuff like that. Um, I really enjoy that aspect. Like I said, the, the key for me with somebody that doesn't have any rhythm, I can't dance, I have no musical ability, is don't punish me for, for missing the beat. Make it better when I do hit the beat. And in this game, it gives every ability to do that. Paul, you mentioned everything in the world pulses. And they even have like a timing meter that you can pull up on your screen if you really need that extra help. Um, so they I really, use that. Yeah, I do too, actually, because getting a rhythm. But, you know, um, <laughs> so they've really, really done a good job on this game. Um, the game is $29.99 if you want to buy it on Steam. I can go ahead right now and say I think it's well worth 30 bucks if you want to just outright buy it. But it's also on Xbox Game Pass. Um, yep. I, I made a new email address uh, and got <laughs> a month for a dollar, um, you know, and it took me about five minutes to set up. I didn't even care about my username because it's not my real Xbox account at this point. Um, but I'm playing this game for a buck. Um, I mean, there's just no reason not to. What percentage of Game Pass people do you think are just like on their sixth email address <laughs> redeeming that one dollar a month? I bet it's at least 50%. Oh, it's got to be a lot, but they're still crushing it. They're making a ton of money. So, <laughs> Oh, very nice. Well, uh, what a what a refreshing game. I love when we get these games out of nowhere. There was no, no hype ahead of time, no gameplay footage. It's just, here's this game. It's available now. It, it's awesome. Now, before we do head to our, our break here, we do want to talk a little bit about our Streamer of the Week segment. If you were with us for our Ibn Ab episode, we did this for the very first time. But Michael, do you want to go ahead and tell people about our streamer of the week? Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, like a, a reminder that we did select a streamer of the week this week, which is Anna Cake Live on Twitch. And we selected her because she plays games like Diablo 3 and Diablo 2 Remastered, which are awesome and right up her alley. But also she's extra active in her chat and a lot of fun. Uh, just this week, for example, I saw her take a brief break only to come back to her game wearing like full-on Diablo-inspired face paint <laughs> on her stream. It cracked me up. So yeah. be sure to go check out Anna Cake Live. Let her know that you were sent there by the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. And uh, hey, the link uh, to her channel is in the episode description. Yeah, there's some other funny videos, whether it's eating a raw egg or just the goofy outfits and the <laughs> German accent never grows old. It's fantastic. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break here and we'll be right back with more multiplayer gaming podcast. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, we are now back and we have some news regarding Redfall. This is a game that we've talked a little bit about and I think... I, th I know I chose it as one of the games most likely to bust in 2023. It's been delayed a few times, and we finally were given a release date this week. We're told that it's going to now release on May 2nd. And maybe more importantly, in the short term, we got an official gameplay deep dive. And I was curious to know, did this deep dive on gameplay make you more or less confident about Redfall being a success? I got a little more excited about it. 
Did I got, you? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it necessarily was more confident or less confident. I was putting it on the lens of I haven't really been wowed by this game so far, but there's a few things about it that I think kind of piqued my interest. One, I, I think that. Um, you know, it's a pretty bleak environment and bleak world, but I liked some of the animations the enemies have. They seem to be able to add a lot of color to certain things when the enemies pop in or die and they disintegrate, stuff like that. Um, but really, kind of one of the things that I thought was was more exciting was a breakdown of some of the abilities. Knowing that, you know, you have multiple different characters that you can play, each one of them brings something special to the table. But just knowing that, you know, you can, you can use the different abilities in combat to keep things fresh. For instance, this thing called Bullet Hail, where you Use like a shield to catch enemy bullets and then send them back in a powerful punch. You can put Neo more style. Points. Yeah, Neo style, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, for instance, a combat robot with one of the characters that'll go in and kind of, you know, distract people to give you like an extra, like, you know, the thing's name is Brebon, I think, or Breborn, but, uh, but gives you like a, like, a, hey, look over here and just things like that. But one of the things that I kind of really grabbed onto was it reminded me the first time I played Gears of War. I played with a buddy and having different abilities for different people. My buddy uh, called Dan was a sniper and I played with a shotgun. And so we had a strategy that we played in this co-op game. And I think this game kind of lends to that a little more where like you can kind of strategize if you want to kind of go in and do your homework a little bit and say, okay, I'm going to get on this roof or I'm going to stay over here, kind of snipe or use an automatic weapon. One guy's going to go in close, maybe use some stakes a little bit more, use a shotgun. And I think I think the co-op ability of this game kind of came through a little bit more as different abilities kind of came out. I was glad for this. You could absolutely tell that in this 11-minute gameplay footage that they were really trying hard to show how they were not left for dead. <laughs> yes. Right. Because and to know what it actually looks like. Because right. they hadn't seen any gameplay quite like this. And that's really what I picked up is they went, look, we got to show people we're not just a left for dead clone. Um, and I think they did a good job on that. So this this actually did get me a little bit more hyped. I'm with Michael on this. They showed some of the world. They showed some of the quest lines. They showed a little bit more of the open world nature. They showed some of the characters and the abilities and stuff like that. What got me excited was that I think there's going to be more depth to this game than we thought initially. So they showed that if you're, hey, if you're in this area of Redfall, you know, maybe you're by the lighthouse area, right? And it's like, you need to go into this lighthouse and turn this lighthouse on. You got to fight your way up there. Um, but as you get to the top of the lighthouse, you're going to fight a mini boss. Okay. And so that's going to be a good fun combat. And then when you kill the mini boss, you get their skull. Well, if you take their skull over to a central point in town or another area and you put it on this pedestal, you know, that will, start to unlock like the main hive for that area. And then once you get three of the mini boss skulls, you can then open up the main guy and go fight him to purge that area. That'll be a really hard fight, by the way. You know, they were kind of talking about stuff like that. They showed off a lot of the different guns in the game. I think they did a great job with the sound of the guns and the gun gameplay. Like a really, they felt meaty and hearty, which I liked a lot. So, you know, they also did remind people you can play this game solo. This is not does not have to be a a online co op experience. If you want to play through the whole thing, you can. I obviously would want to play with friends, but it got me it got me a little bit more excited and a little bit more hyped than I have been. I think they accomplished the task of saying we are not left for dead. Here's what we are. We hope you like it. So I know one of the things we were a little bit worried about was the open world. So I wrote down a quote that they used, and they said that it is an open world handcrafted and packed with environmental storytelling. 
I think that still remains to be seen. You know, we did get to see some interesting encounters. We got to see where they went to a brewery and they had to take out the cultists. And then they saved a dude that was down at the bottom of the brewery. And I did like that they showed there's probably multiple ways to do that. Like in this case, they went in from the roof and they dropped down onto a catwalk and then kind of like worked their way down. And I did also like the fact that they showed a stealth element. So, you know, running around with a silenced pistol. I don't know if the game is going to have like silent melee takedowns or anything like that. That kind of remains to be seen as well. I think the only thing that really worried me in watching it is that a lot of it just couldn't help but feel like they cherry picked the best looking stuff. And I don't know. We'll just have to see. Like, are the downsides of the game going to be so low that it drags the whole game down? Or is the game going to have enough in the open world to keep it action packed? And we're just going to have to wait and see. But. There was some really cool stuff. I liked the the weapon with the um the three barrels for the stakes. Yeah, right. Like at first I was like, is that a harpoon gun? But then I was like, oh no, of course they're vampires. They're wooden mm. stakes, and I thought that was kind of neat. So it looks like they did throw in some fun weapons on top of it all. Paul, for real, what could be cooler than cultist brewers, right? Dealing the devil, <laughs> making the devil's brew. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, what was up where every single wall of every building, it had the blood written yeah, right. in blood. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we we get it. Uh, yeah, uh, That did kind of crack <laughs> me up. I do like how they were like, we better make sure everybody knows they're vampires, guys. Right. <laughs> like, yes. There's blood everywhere. Why? Because vampires love blood, apparently. Yeah. Oh, man. Too funny. Yeah. So Josh kind of mentioned the progression. But if you're kind of curious to know the terms that they're using, you have to defeat powerful vampires called siphons. Then you'll fight an underboss. And then eventually it sounds like the endgame stuff is when you fight the vampire gods. So uh, that does sound kind of fun. I don't know what a vampire god is going to look like or what kind of abilities they'll have. But it definitely sounds almost a little like uh like Shadow of Mordor, where you had to like fight the lower level guys then the lieutenants and then the next ones Mm. so it has like a little bit of that progression as you release each neighborhood which is interesting i'll be holding my breath for a kate beckingsale cameo (laughs) from uh uh what was that what's the name of that movie was it underworld van helsing oh you're thinking of underworld that makes way more sense yeah yeah i hear you all right well let's move into our next story here this is a really interesting story regarding naughty dog I don't know about you guys, but Naughty Dog has historically been one of my favorite developers. Co-president Neil Druckmann came out and said that the studio has moved on from the Uncharted series and that they might be done with The Last of Us after they released the standalone multiplayer game. This is very interesting because Naughty Dog has been willing to just walk away from rather successful franchises. They've already walked away from Watch Dogs, which, by the way, I looked up. 20 million sales over three games. Uncharted has over 40 million sales with four main entries. The Last of Us only has two entries and it's sold more than 37 million copies. But it seems like if they're done with the story, they're just done and they'll move on and they'll start a new IP. Good for them. Now, I know that's going to sound weird to people because they're going to be like, how do you want Uncharted to end? How do you want Last of Us to be over? Right? But... This is such a rarity nowadays because as soon as a company realizes that something is a cash cow, they will grind it into the ground. I <laughs> I admittedly was one of the biggest Marvel movie fans that could exist. 
I have I, I'm I'm to the point now where I'm so saturated with Marvel stuff that I honestly could almost Star care Wars less. Shows. <clears throat> now Sorry. you still have not seen Andor, and Andor is phenomenal. <laughs> so and good. Andor is Andor is like the savior of Star Wars, in my opinion. Like, please make more like that. But the I, I'm actually with Naughty Dog on this one because I think it's great to say, listen, we made the game or the series that we wanted to make. This was phenomenally well received. I have famously not played the Uncharted series, and I've only put about eight hours into The Last of Us, the first one. Um, but, you know, it make something, make it fantastic, and then move on to the next thing. Don't grind it into the dust. Don't just continue to make sequels until it's a shadow of its former self. We just talked about Dead Space earlier, right? Dead Space 1, groundbreaking revolutionary. There's a reason that that was the game that they chose to remake. Dead Space 2, 3, 4, or however many they were, they just got worse and worse. Yeah, You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you don't need to do that. You don't need to take something that worked and then grind it into nothing look at ubisoft we pick on i love nothing more than to pick on ubisoft right but look what they do they 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 hit right they far cry amazing assassin's creed amazing hey guys let's make 20 of them now what are they they're poo poo you (laughs) know what i mean so don't do that so kudos you said it paul they're one of your favorite developers i think that this This is is why why. honestly (laughs) i I mean i hate to say that but this is why because they'll make a phenomenal game they'll say we did what we wanted to do we want to go make something new and you know what that new thing is probably going to be fantastic because they're not into the the same trope where it's just like let's make battlefield 2043 now and 2047 and those games are going to suck yeah, I think this also it gives me a lot more respect for Sony, to be honest with you, because Sony, you know, they fund the Naughty Dog games. They basically own Naughty Dog if they don't outright own Naughty Dog. And in this article that we're reading, Naughty Dog's saying, "Hey, you know, they're they're respecting our process. They're not pushing it." Sony is a money-making machine. Of course they want to put out Uncharted 5. Of course they want to keep putting out Last of Us games until they're blue in the face. But in this case, Naughty Dog's like, well, we just we don't really have a story right now, and we're not going to put out subpar content. We're not going to rush something and put it out just to do it. And it's interesting as well, because you look at The Last of Us TV show, right from the start, the sh- HBO is like, we're doing two seasons. The first game and the second game, and it's over. And I wish more... I wish more companies would do this because you look at disasters and train wrecks that just become of like the walking dead lost just to, just to put, you know, TV in the forefront here of like, you had a great concept, you executed well, and then you ran out of ideas and it got terrible. Well, in this case, like uncharted four, they went on a bang. That was a huge game. It was very uh, critics and, 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 and players loved it. It made a ton of money and they're like, Hey, we're done. We're going to go out on a high. And I really wish more, more, developers would let studios do this kind of stuff and so from sony's standpoint like good on you to not be like sorry naughty dog get started make it yeah it's highly commendable you gotta walk away and leave them wanting just a little bit more rather than overstaying your welcome right like using the tv analogy we all loved the show breaking bad can you imagine if breaking bad was like on fox and like x files they dragged it out 14 seasons Uh. do you know how stupid Breaking Bad yeah. would have felt by season 12. You know, you got to just have a an overall story arc. You got to have the passion and you have to feel inspired. And if it's not there, you can try to force it. 
And yeah, if you haven't killed the series yet, and if the last game was good, maybe you can sell 10 million copies. But if the game's garbage, then what's what? why are we even doing this? You know, so yeah, good on Sony. The only thing is, I guess this comes down to whether or not you trust Naughty Dog in saying this, because there have been some job postings and some things people have said that have made some people think maybe they're actually not done with Uncharted and The Last of Us, or maybe they are. We don't really know. But they've kind of done this before. Crash Bandicoot, huge successful franchise, and then all of a sudden there's just no games for a decade, and then they come out with Crash Bandicoot 4. Jack and Dexter, or Jack and, is that the name? Yeah, Jack and Daxter. They released a couple games a few years in a row, and then all of a sudden they don't make any more for a really long time. So, you know, I kind of think maybe they're right. You know, maybe in 10 years they'll feel inspired and we'll get The Last of Us Part 3, and maybe we won't. But we still have two special games to look back on and two special seasons of HBO. Maybe that's all we'll get, but we're going to get something new. Now, well, they, they did clarify and say that they're not saying they're not making The Last of Us 3. What they're saying in this is that they haven't decided yet and they have the ability to decide no. And that's kind of what Michael was touching on, too, is they were very clear to say, we're not writing this off. We're just saying that Sony has been very clear that if we do not want to make Last of Us 3, that we do not have to. No and pressure. That is yep. the, that's the key. So, you know, I don't want somebody to come back four years from now and say, Hey, you know, you guys said they weren't going to make another one and they did. Th- th- they're very clear. Druckman was very clear on this to say, Hey, we haven't decided. We don't know if we're passionate enough to make a last of us three or continue the uncharted series. He was, he was a little bit more confident that uncharted they were done with, yeah. you know, um, at this point. So, you know, it would it surprise me if Last of Us Three did get made? I, I don't think it would, but I would also feel comfortable knowing that if it gets made, it's because the studio wanted to make the game, not that Sony was holding their feet to the fire and saying you have to make this this Last of Us Three on this. Um, and I think that that's something that everybody needs to do. To be honest, we have said time and time again that the big nasty publishers that are ruining the game developers is one of the worst trends in in modern gaming. Um, and so it's really nice to see that here's a developer that's very much respected that says, "Hey, if we want to make a game and we're passionate about it, we will. If we don't want to make it, our publisher is not forcing us to do that." Yeah, and when we did our worst trends in gaming draft. The runner-up in the finals was publishers directing development, and this is a case where Sony's not doing that. So, you know, we we couldn't love it more, and we love when artists are just allowed to make art, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that wraps up today's show. We want to say thank you to everyone out there for listening to this episode. As a reminder, you can get bonus episodes twice a month and also help our show by signing up on Patreon at MultiplayerSquad.com. You can also follow us on socials everywhere at Multiplayer Pod. Please make sure to check out our Quick Take episode on Saturday. And then on Monday, we will be back with a bonus round episode. We've not yet decided what the bonus round is going to be, but I think we can promise it'll be fantastic, right? Oh, always. Are they (laughs) ever bad? Best bonus round yet. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. And until next time, happy gaming. All right, everyone. Good day. Oh, wait, that didn't work. I was trying a new one. Uh, uh, you go, Josh. <laughs> uh, see-, <laughs> Don't- see everybody. <laughs> Bye.